0: The VCG podcast is sponsored by Forget-Me-Not Flowers and Gifts in Barrie, Vermont. Forget-Me-Not Flowers and Gifts is at a new location on Main Street. So check them out if you're looking for flowers or gifts for someone in your life. Welcome to the Chaotic Goodcast, our weekly geeky roundtable. I'm your host Doug Shoot, and with me are my fellow casters, Ben Higgins from Quarterstaff Games.
1: It's alive, alive.
0: The Geek of the North, Jason Hunt.
2: Skookum, look it up, folks. I I don't know what
0: that is. And this week we have some special guest casters. Josh McGarry from CarnageCon, and Emily Gray from CarnageCon. Guys, thank you so much for uh, hopping on this evening and chatting with us for a little while.
3: You're welcome.
0: I have no idea what I'm doing. (laughs) Alright, as usual, we're going to kick things off with new at the store. Ben, take it away
1: so this week i've got three items that i am excited to be getting into the store uh the first up is the the figurines of adorable power from ultra pro uh this is a little two set uh lead off uh, for this new line they're basically like little if pokemon met D figures uh they're Got a pretty low MSRP, just little vinyl figures, kind of in that same vein as the, the Funko Pops. Uh, but they've got their own aesthetic, and they're just meant to be super cute and totally great. They've been out for a little bit, uh, but my distributor just got them in. So I'll be receiving them this week, which I'm excited about. The second one I kind of referenced in my initial test. Uh, Chime in here and that is the new game called Abomination, the Air of Frankenstein. Uh this is from Plaid Hat Games, so coming out of the Asmoday North America umbrella. Uh, in it, it is a uh, worker placement kind of style game where you are sending your workers out into the lab to collect different body parts, and then you got to bring them back to the lab and try to reassemble this new monster uh, to become uh, the heir of Frankenstein's dark legacy. Uh, I'm a sucker for horror themed games, and it being October and the month of Halloween, we are super excited to be getting this in, and I am looking forward to giving it a go it's got some really good uh ratings and reviews on board game geek uh, so i'm eagerly awaiting this game and then the final thing we got coming in is a uh kickstarter that is finally being delivered uh this is a project i've personally uh been a little involved in i helped demo this game at pax unplugged a couple years ago it is radiant offline battle arena or roba for short uh what it does is it takes the Uh, multiplayer online battle arena games, the MOBAs, your League of Legends, the style games, and distills it down to a very tight card game that takes uh, shuffle building mechanics. So you'll each choose different heroes, throw those together into your deck, and use those to defend three areas on the board. Uh, The designer of this uh, is an acquaintance of mine, Jack Murray out of Ireland, and the team he's put together to, to really make this game uh, a, a a hit has been just super good at taking this concept of the online multiplayer game and distilling it down to a tight one-on-one competitive card game.
0: Yeah, I just got uh, my copy here at the house. And uh, I, to be honest with you, I haven't unpacked it yet. Uh, but we get to, or I got to do some content while the Kickstarter was going on. Um, and uh, yeah, I loved it. I thought it was great. The art is beautiful. Uh, it's kind of, uh, you know, it's something unique on a two-player card game, which is kind of hard to do at this point. I think. Um, yeah, it, it's just uh, it, it's going to be interesting to see uh, see how they uh, support this game. I think uh, I think they've got a great person behind uh, the community uh, of Roba uh, with Dan uh, Danine. And uh, he's going to be at your store uh, a little bit later this month, right?
1: Yeah, on uh, October 19th, uh, one of the stops uh, Dan is doing in kind of a New England tour of different game stores is he's going to be swinging into my shop to run some demos and and really introduce the game to people. Um, And it's great that we have we'll have product ahead of time of this so that uh not only can we sell a few things ahead of time and people can come in and get some games in during the the demo but if people sit down and demo and really like the game they'll be able to pick it up right from the store uh then and there which is which is super good uh I've been really happy with the uh the retailer support that Dan has has put forward he's a he's a good Friend of mine, I've known him for many years, so he definitely knows the value of a local game store, and is making sure that this independent uh, game is really supporting not just those who backed it individually on Kickstarter, but the stores that showed faith and brought it in as stock as well.
0: Nice, yeah, that's that's always good to see. Uh, you always like to see uh, Kickstarters, you know, support brick and mortars. Uh, a lot of them, they you know, they just pretty much. Uh, one of the one of the faults with Kickstarter is that it kind of bypasses the the brick and mortar. So it's always nice to see, uh, you know, creators and projects that uh, want to embrace the, the the brick and mortar and the friendly local game store as well. Um, we have actually a comment in the uh, in the Discord chat, which. I'll mention if you are listening to this podcast and would like to listen to it live, you can listen to it on the VCG Chaotic Good Discord server every Monday night at 9 p.m. And I'll put the link to the Discord server in the description of this podcast. Uh, Galactic Ty, who we know, of course, is Tyler. Uh, Tyler says uh, he got to play Radiant uh, Offline Battle Arena at Granite State Comic Con. It was really fun. Uh, yeah, Dan uh, Dan was nice enough to come in and uh, run demos of, of Roba uh, at uh, Granite State Comic-Con, which was awesome, uh, and I can't thank him enough for, for coming in. Hopefully uh, hopefully a lot of people got a chance to, to play it, and they're as equally as excited that it is uh, releasing here shortly. Uh, is that going to do it for New at the Store?
1: Those are those are the hits right now. I'm sure I'll have a bit more as the season rolls on and we get a few more Spooky games released in the month of October.
4: A... Absolutely, yeah. If I if I could interject too, yeah. I, I think it's a nice uh, little shout out for uh, for our quarter staff. They'll be running their uh, their board game yard sale or, or game yard sale again at Carnage this year. So we're glad to have them uh, back to uh, to run that great event
1: awesome awesome yeah no we're, we're looking forward to it uh for those that uh that have not been to carnage uh the board game guard sale is something i kind of gave birth to as an idea a few years ago and essentially what it is is uh convention goers can bring their games to the quarterstaff booth and we will sell those used games uh and we take a little bit of a uh percentage cut as as a consignment but essentially the con goers can go out enjoy the con uh play the games they want to play while they're there learn new games mate new people all that stuff and then at the end of the weekend they come back to the quarter staff booth and i either give them the games back if they didn't sell or what's more than likely is i hand them some cash which they can then turn around and either spend or uh, bank it for next year's carnage convention
0: absolutely i love that uh you kind of Takes all the uh, the work off of uh, the people that have the games and puts it on your lap, Ben. For the weekend,
1: yeah, you know it, we're there selling stuff anyway, so why should we not help you sell your stuff? It's uh, and it's it's fun to see what some of the people bring in. I, I love the stuff uh, that that these players bring in. We have everything from brand new game still in shrink wrap you know that just came out last week that someone's like "Ah, i'm just never gonna be able to play this all the way back to stuff that's you know 20 30 years old that uh is a real uh artifact of the board gaming world and it's some really neat stuff and we love that carnage lets us do that and that we are able to uh to bring that to our booth uh in the vendor hall as well
0: very cool all right, that's gonna do it for this week's so do at the store. Let's go to the box office beat and let's talk about what reigned supreme at the box office. Did anybody get to go to the box office? Anybody go to the movies this week?
2: Uh, unfortunately, I did not.
0: No, Josh, uh, Emily, do you guys have any time to go nope, to the movies? Nope. I wish. Yeah, you guys got a uh, convention. Yeah, you guys uh, have to uh, have to kind of uh, organize here over these next. Uh, few weeks so i I can't imagine you have too much free time (laughs) no
4: (laughs) ben i have a three-year-old so i i have no idea what free time is oh
0: man i've been there man it's yeah uh it gets better it gets better ben uh were you able to get to the the movie theater at all
1: there are way too many classic halloween shows and movies i gotta watch i don't have time to watch these new superhero origin stories anymore
0: well one thing i want to suggest because i was going to go to the movies yesterday i didn't get a chance to go um i was too busy editing i guess i got sucked down that that whole rabbit hole and uh never never got to uh do what i want to do uh i'm suggesting ben that we get you me and barney and we go see the joker because the Joker was the number one movie this week, uh, by no surprise to anybody that uh, you know that that's following the the box office, it brought in ninety three and a half million dollars uh, in its first week. That is a record, I believe, for uh, an R rated movie, if I'm not mistaken. Let me just uh, no, it's, just... it's the fourth best opening for an R rated film ever.
1: Yeah, it was the best DC opening weekend, uh, I think. Um, maybe, maybe not, but I know it definitely beat last year's uh, biggest opening weekend in the month of October. It, it unseated Venom, which had the biggest October opening weekend uh, previously, and now Joker sits upon that. So, uh, you know, supervillains in October seems to be the new the new meta, if you will.
0: Well, I mean, it's kind of on theme with uh, with Halloween, I guess. Uh, yeah, it, uh, it, it attracted a crowd that was 64% male and uh, 65% of the audience was between 18 and 34, which, you know, that's, uh, yeah, I guess that's, that's about what I thought it would probably be.
1: Yeah. I, I don't think that's, uh, surprising in any, in any way. That seems to be where these, uh, the, the Marvel and the DC, uh, cinematic universes are targeting
0: um it'll be interesting to see what it does week two that's that's the big thing a lot of these movies that we've seen i mean jason you know uh a lot of these movies they they you know they're they're really kind of temple movies where they they have this big week one you know pull and then they they drop like rocks
2: Well, like, I'm almost wondering how much of the Joker's sales are actual fans of the Joker and how much are the people who are like, wow, everybody's raging on this movie. I guess we better go see what the fuss is about. So week two will definitely determine if it drops more than, I want to say, 35% of its revenue in week two. um, I think you can safely assume that a lot of those first week Uh, moviegoers were just let's see what the spectacle is about
0: yeah i i do think that the quote-unquote controversy that uh you know kind of followed the joker movie into theaters um definitely definitely helped uh you know give it a lot of buzz you know on on release um i've heard some really great things about the movie to be honest with everybody Uh, yeah
2: same same here actually i've um now that I have folks in my circle of friends that have actually seen it. A lot of people are saying it's actually a really good movie, despite yeah. the fact that it's probably the least DC superhero movie you can, you can possibly get out of the out of this movie. Like, there's it's literally just the Joker. There's yeah, nobody it, else in this movie,
0: and it's not tied to any of the DC cinematic universe. Yeah, I
2: this think they did that some... on purpose, actually. Oh, yeah. I th- yeah. I because they didn't. Well, we don't really have currently um, a Batman since uh, since um, Affleck uh, stepped down from the role. I'm pretty sure he's not going to be in the next Justice League movie either. No, well they get so, uh, Robert
0: Pattinson or whatever his name is. From yeah,
2: but sparkly now they're saying vampire. he's already passed on it. Now, yeah, no, please, please, Lord, no, please. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this actually uh, Dark night. Stop it, Doug. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> I I just I don't have a problem with Robert Pattinson no. as a person. Yeah. I have an issue with finding him in any way scary. <laughs> he doesn't look frightening at all, not even vaguely. Like, I can't even... I'm trying to think... I keep trying to picture him in the Batsuit, and I'm just like, meh. Well, I'm not seeing of, it.
0: Wasn't that kind of the knock on Affleck, though? That he wasn't really, uh, like... He wasn't well, the really, thing,
2: you know, scary. The thing with the Affleck Batman was... He was portraying old Batman. He wasn't portraying uh, Christian Bale Batman. Right. He was old time Batman. He was the Batman from A Dark Knight Returns where Batman is actually retired at that point in his career. He's not actively out crime fighting. He's just an old guy and he just gets pressed back into service. That's why he ends up with that powered suit that he ends up using in uh, Dawn of Justice. Gotcha. It's because he can't physically keep up anymore, you know, and they tried to make that a thing. But people kept thinking, oh, you know, how come he's so weird? And why is he using that big bulky suit with all the doodads in it? And which is weird because he's Batman and he's just doodad central. But um, a lot of people didn't like that. And I thought it was actually pretty cool. I liked his portrayal of old Batman. I thought it was OK. Not a big fan of his voice changer thing, though. That was kind of, eh. yeah,
0: yeah, I thought that was kind of uh yeah so Joker's number 1 do we think it will get knocked off next week? I the the next two the next move the next week um, or, <clears throat> or this coming weekend uh debuts two movies uh The Adams Family which is an animated version of uh, of that popular uh property and the Ang Lee Will Smith action movie which I just saw a preview for for the first time the other day gemini man um do we think either of those movies will knock off joker
2: i think it's gonna muddy the waters enough that it takes a lot of sales away from joker um will smith is still a big enough draw that he'll he'll get a he'll get a big opening weekend out of it the only thing that i've noticed with the gemini trailers that i've seen is um the way they CGI the other version, the the Gemini version, it doesn't look right. Something's weird about it. And it's just, it catches the eye every time he see, he shows up on the screen. I keep like, and I'm sure it's mostly just because they've changed the way he looks and it's not the the way you, you expect Will Smith to look. So you're looking at it funny, but I I think that is just a little bit too distracting to make it like a, a fan favorite for very long. Like I said, it'll have a good opening, and then it'll be one of those movies that drops pretty significantly.
0: The the one thing that I took away from the the preview that I saw of Gemini Man was the fact that they kept showing the same scene like three or four times. It was some motorcycle yeah. scene where like it like does like this like reverse wheelie or something and he
2: hits yeah
0: the other Will Smith. With, I don't know. They just kept showing. Yeah, he basically it over throws the bike again. at him. Yeah, yeah, and I'm just and like, that's
2: usually that's not a good sign if they're right. using just one scene out of the movie. That's usually not the greatest sign in the world.
0: Like this is this is going to be the most impactful part of the movie. So let's just keep showing folks this, and uh, maybe they'll come to the theater. I don't know. Uh, that, that my concern is though. what
2: if it's cerebral more than action? Oh. Like what if it's mostly like. I know I don't know when they encounter each other in the in the path of the movie or anything like that. So I'm wondering, like, is it Will Smith doing his thing and then basically saying, "Well, you know, I'm kind of done doing my thing," and then they find out someone else is doing it uh, in the same way he was doing it, and then it's like half the movie of them figuring out what's going on, and then like you know, in like the final twenty minutes, they encounter each other. That's what I'm worried about.
0: <laughs> Maybe I don't know. It just seemed like that there was a lot of scenes that in that preview that where I don't think that would make a whole lot of sense if they did it that way but maybe they will I don't know maybe that's the big the big twist of uh, of this movie
2: I'm um, more inclined to go see that than Joker to be honest with you really just because like I like well like I said last week I don't like Phoenix I just don't like the man I find him off-putting He's
0: <laughs> he is a, a unique in, individual like I've been watching yeah. some some interviews with him uh, some you know, on the, he's been doing, of course, all the late night talk show circuit. He is very unique.
2: And well, he's he's walked out of more than a more than a couple of interviews, I think, too, um, based on what questions were posed towards him. Yeah, um, he's that he's that kind of person. I don't know. I almost want to call him method, because yeah,
0: yeah I could see he's, that
2: he's just unwilling to accept um, certain things and. He feels so strongly about it that he will just end the interview and walk away.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess if you want someone to play Joker, that's the kind of person that you kind of want embracing that character, right? I mean, as a oh, director, sure. if I were directing a movie, that's the kind of person I would I'd be looking for. I oh, mean, yeah, yeah I, they would be difficult have, to deal with, but you know what? Yeah. They're going to sell
2: it. I have no doubt in my mind that he can accurately portray a complete lunatic. <laughs>
0: Uh, so, the the rest of the top ten was was pretty pretty much the same as last week. Uh, number two was Abominable. Abominable. Uh, number three was Downton Abbey, which is still doing rather well in the theater. That pulled in $8 million on its third week. Uh, I would have never thought that that... That movie, I know that it's got a, a very rabid fan base, so it's really interesting to see that uh, that movie still stay in the top three a- after three weeks. Uh, number four was Hustlers. Number five was It Chapter Two, which Ben loved. He said he wants to go see it again.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. Nope. Still have a sour taste in my mouth from the last twenty minutes of that. Movie.
0: And you know what's so funny, Ben, is that I've got I've got friends that listen to this podcast, and. They came up to they've come up to me and they're like, What is Ben's deal with it chapter 2? Because I haven't seen the movie yet, and I that's another movie I'd like to see. And they're like, It was a good movie. I don't know why you didn't like that movie.
1: I, 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 it's, I had multiple it's been people
0: out... that came up and told me this, by the way. It's <coughs> so funny.
1: It it's been out five weeks. Uh, do do I spoil it now or No, no, or do no, don't spoil it for because a little I later? wanna go right. see it. All right. Okay, alright.
0: All right. Uh, number six was at Astra, which is that Ben, uh, which is that Ben, which is that Brad. I'm Pitt. in everything. Yeah, I mean Brad Pitt, Ben Higgins, kind of the same person. I mean, come on. Uh, that have you have you ever
1: seen either of us in the same room? No, no you haven't. I'm just saying.
0: That's right. Uh, Ad Astra <laughs> is uh, is number six, which it's just kind of fallen out of the. It's 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 in its third week. It's pulled in just a little over forty three million dollars. Yeah,
2: serious that's, money loss for yeah, that studio off huge. of that movie. Like that's a massive loss. Yeah,
0: that's too bad. Uh, number seven is Judy, which is the Judy Garland, uh, bio, uh, bio what is it bi biography?
2: No, uh, sort know. of a biopic. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, that's in its second week. That did pretty well. Uh, let's see here, Rambo, Last Blood was number eight. Number ten was Good Boys. Number nine is interesting. It's a, it's a Bollywood action movie called War. And, uh, Jason, you were before we went live, you were telling me that this movie is uh, not even in English.
2: Uh, well, that's what I've heard. Um, I haven't actually ever seen a trailer for The Darn Thing, so I can't tell you for sure. But it's in Hindi, as far as I'm aware. Um, right. I've seen a few uh, posters of it and all of the texting and everything underneath it, except for uh, a few star names and producers, directors and that sort of thing is all Hindi, like, like start to finish. So I'm thinking this is going to be a dubbed or sub movie, which is very cool yeah. that it's doing as well as it is. If that's the case, yeah, it, 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 there must uh, be some seriously good visuals in this movie. If that, if it's, if that, cause usually, you know, you throw like crunching tiger, hidden dragon, yeah, a lot of people went and saw that movie and it was a beautiful movie to watch. Half the people in that movie couldn't tell you what was going on because they were watching the beautiful cinematography and barely able to keep up with the text. Right. So I would imagine you're going to see a lot of people saying, that was a really cool action movie. I had no idea what anyone was saying.
0: Uh, it, it debuted in 305 theaters. It brought in $1.6 no, 6 million, which is a crazy amount per screen, if you think about it. The only movie that did better per screen was the Joker movie that's amazing to me I I, I just can't believe uh, I, I'm going to be curious to see if it, it rises up uh, uh, any further next week even uh, even with a couple new releases headed, uh, headed to the box office but yeah that is the box office beat for this week let's hit up the pop culture corner where we're going to talk a little bit about The news out of New York Comic Con. Uh, The pop culture corner is brought to you by StoryComic.com. If you are uh, a fan of all things comic and pop culture related, make sure to check them out on Facebook at StoryComic. All right, let's take a look at some of the news that came out of of, uh, New York City Comic Con. uh, yeah, we've got uh, we've got a whole bunch of sh- shows that uh, were announced. Uh, they've got s- new seasons coming up. We've got uh, new comic direction uh, on the Marvel front. Uh let's just dig dig right in and go right to the whole uh let's go right to The Walking Dead. Because that's one of my shows that I love to to, uh, to talk about. Uh, we're big Walking Dead fans here in this household. We actually have friends over every sun- Sunday uh, evening when The Walking Dead is is uh, going on. Uh, the Walking Dead was renewed for a, an 11th season, which is crazy to think about. That it's been over a decade going, uh, going on. Um, and the big announcement with that is that they're bringing back Lauren Cohen, who played Maggie who left the show in season nine. Uh, She left the the show and um, that was right before the show jumped six years. Uh, She actually got her own TV show and uh, it didn't even last. I don't think.
2: Yeah. That got canceled before it even got to the end of the first season.
0: Yeah. And uh, she, she, you know, she said that she really wanted to return. And uh, of course we know that, uh, uh, the the woman that plays uh, michonne and i can't think of her name off the top of my Denai head guerrera. Denai guerrera yes she's leaving this season so they're hoping that bringing bringing uh, lauren cohen back on to play maggie will, will help reinvigorate the uh the audience the you know the viewers they
2: need it yeah they really really need it because they- they've lost so many of their big stars
0: well, I mean, it's The Walking Dead. You can't expect everybody to... to, to look oh, no, everybody. I'm...
2: No, don't get me wrong. I am actually impressed by the fact that they are willing to take those risks. Sure. Because um, I've, like, I've, I've read the uh, most of the comics now, and they don't pull their punches. You know, it's, a, it's basically an anybody-can-go-at-any-moment kind of thing. I guess similar to Game of Thrones, I suppose, in that mm-hmm. regard. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they need a more charismatic person on that show to draw the audience back. Because that was really what I was noticing in the at the midway point of last season. Um, I was kind of like, uh, yeah, Michonne is really cool to watch. Daryl is really cool to watch. Um, Carol's cool. King is cool. But there's none of them that I really want to actively follow their storyline of. Like, right. Not, not Carol, like
0: Glenn and, and Rick were yeah, back in the day.
2: Exactly. Yeah. Like, even like now that they've neutered Negan. Um, I mean, I'm sure he'll still be an interesting character as the series progresses, but he's not right now very interesting to be part of his story. Like, I mean, and, he was
0: picking vegetables in the uh, yeah, premiere episode last year. Yeah.
2: Time. Like, and it's weird because people have been ragging a lot on Fear the Walking Dead this last season. They're saying that it's taken too much of a departure and it's not the same show anymore. I think Fear the Walking Dead is still better in the last two or three seasons than The Walking Dead has been in the last two or three seasons. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I would kind of agree with that. I haven't seen the last season of Fear the Walking Dead, but uh, I did uh, did watch it once they kind of changed up the cast, and I like it a lot. And they brought in Morgan uh, from the, the original yeah. series.
2: Yeah, Morgan has been amazing on Fear the Walking Dead.
0: Um, they also announced that, uh, AMC also announced that The Walking Dead, the third series, because they're putting out a, a third Walking Dead show, um, it's... That's actually going to be carried by Amazon Prime uh, in several international markets, which I think is interesting.
2: Does that mean that AMC is not going to carry it?
0: I guess. Well, I don't think AMC like broadcasts internationally, do they? Well, I don't know. I'm just
2: wondering, like, but like in North America, though, will AMC no, no, be the, airing the, it? Yeah,
0: they'll still air it on, on AMC, but it's just that, that they're going to give the rights to Amazon Prime to. Uh,
2: to OK, that's to that's the, fine. Then That's that, I'm that not I'm I am not giving any more money to Amazon Prime. I refuse. Uh,
0: Yeah, let's see. It's It's been pre-purchased by Amazon for the Asia Pacific, the Middle East, Africa and most of Europe. So it's going to hit, uh, probably all the those markets that uh, AMC probably doesn't have access to. Okay,
2: that's perfectly fine. I endorse that idea.
0: The one thing that I've that I find interesting about this third series of The Walking Dead, they haven't given it an official title. They've just said the third well, Walking Dead series. They haven't. They know what it's about. They know the premise. It's it's going to be like this first generation that comes of age after the zombie apocalypse happens. Yeah. It, yeah but the people that grew have, up in the apocalypse right <laughs> they don't have a name for that
2: well I'm, I'm kind of wondering if they're going to get away from dead <laughs> you know is it because i mean you got fear of the walking dead i get it the walking dead okay i get that too but like the generation that grew up with the walking dead they don't particularly care about them other than the fact that they're like they're like feral animals basically to those people i'm assuming Like, you you kill them, they're dead people. They're not even really people, I'm sure, that most of these folks will think. They're not really people. Well,
0: I had heard that, uh, that the premise around this show is that they're, like, teenage kids that have never even seen a zombie because the community that they've grown up with is so secure and so, like, closed off from, you know, the chaos that is the zombie apocalypse it's kind of like an urban legend at that point, oh,
2: that's so interesting
0: they they you know explore adventure outside of this really secure community that they've had, and they're getting their first glimpses of what it's really, really like out there. So I think that yeah. premise is pretty cool,
2: yeah, Ty in the chat is saying that he doesn't think from a marketing standpoint that they'll ditch the whole uh, Walking Dead nomenclature, and he does have a point. I mean, they could call it something like after the Walking Dead even. Yeah. yeah wait isn't isn't that the name of no that's the talking dead sorry <laughs> i was gonna say is that the name of the after show no wait
0: yeah no no i which i really enjoy the talking Dead yeah, talking dead
2: by the way i really liked it when it came on right after the walking dead i was so irritated when they forced preacher into that spot right yeah. after the walking dead i and i the only reason they did that is because preacher's ratings were dropping like a rock like they were just struggling to get the rest of that thing told, so they could get it off the air.
0: Um, which is is funny because I've heard folks that that really like the preacher series, and and that have said that they actually think it's the story is better done on that TV show than it is in the comics.
2: Actually, I kind of would agree to be totally honest with you. Like, I actually I enjoyed the comics. I thought the comic was good. Yeah, I, I like and the I comics. did like i did like the series i just didn't like the actors they picked Uh, i just didn't i I couldn't i couldn't get in in into their uh characters
0: gotcha Gotcha. um the other big announcements out of uh, new york comic-con actually you know what i'm gonna do we're just gonna talk about the new york comic-con tv announcements and then next week we'll talk about the comic announcements uh and let barney kind of uh cover that because that's that's more of his deal uh they also announced that, uh, Riverdale season four is coming, uh, which Why? I don't know if anybody is, is <laughs> anybody in, in this, uh, on this uh, podcast, a big Riverdale, uh, fan, you guys watch R- Riverdale at all.
2: I caught a few episodes when my wife was watching when they did the sort of like this D and D kind of mashup thing where they were all playing a game and something in the game was actually subverting some of the children or whatever, um and i was so angry watching that <laughs> i don't know if the series is any good but just based on those couple of episodes alone i was just like nope get this off of my television
0: josh uh emily are you guys uh you guys watch this riverdale it's on
3: a very long list of things i will one day get
0: <laughs> yeah i mean i i w- We've watched season one, and I think part of season two, and then like you said, it's one of those shows that's on the back burner that that we'd like to watch and get caught up on, but we just haven't had the time. Sydney really liked season one of Riverdale and and, uh, all that we watched of season two.
2: Um, That's what I've heard, actually. Like My wife actually really was interested in it for season one. But then it was after that. It was, it was almost like Glee. Actually, that's one thing we both actually watched Glee when it was on the air, yeah, we I thought, yeah, Glee. first season was cool, second season was cool, third season was why are they still in high school? Why are they? That was like it was like watching Beverly Hills nine hundred two one zero. Like what? Why? Why? when Nothing's advancing. Is it's a, time not a negative thing, I. It is a gigantically negative no, thing. Yes, it is. Don't don't don't. You, ben, you can edit me all me you here. want.
0: Then <laughs> back me up. Nine hundred two one zero. Come on, you know you watched it. I, I was a Buffy the Vampire Slayer bang bro.
2: There we go. Ben's my man. <laughs> Guys, I tell you.
0: Um, speaking of uh, of now two and No, Luke Perry was part of the Riverdale cast, and, and of course, uh, we know that he passed away in real life, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it'll be interesting to see how they, they kind of adjust the, the story uh, with his sudden passing, which was, was really bad, because uh, I, I liked Luke Perry, and now 2-1-0. he
2: was actually the last few movies that i had seen luke perry in he was actually doing well yeah like i used to i used to every time i used to, when he when he first came off of 90210 i was like oh look it's that guy from 90210 it's he's in another movie and look it's the same guy like it, it seemed like he was just playing the same character all the time but in the last two or three things i've seen him in i was actually very impressed like he was in a couple of those episodes of riverdale that i did catch and he, I liked him in was that good. role. He it was good. Yeah, he was like, isn't he like Archie's dad or something? Yeah, he was. Or, uh, or somebody, somebody's, he's somebody's dad. Yeah, he
0: was Archie's dad. Yep.
2: Yeah. yeah, he was, he was excellent in that.
0: Uh, the other announcements. There's some some sci-fi announcements. Uh, I don't know if you guys are excited about this, but Netflix announced that uh, Lost in Space season two is set to return on December 24th
4: are uh, you guys uh, huge fan of that, that one yes i'm very excited about that i I think uh as a reboot and just the production value on that show it, it's it's one of the better shows i think it was actually underrated i do um, too yeah just,
2: hugely yeah, hugely underrated yeah
4: the the production value of the story arc they made a few changes but you have to And i mean that show came out what 50 years ago Yep. uh now i mean you have to make some changes um and there's some died in the wool fans that are like oh they've ruined it but um that is probably one of the best shows that netflix has actually put out just from a production value storytelling uh visually it's spectacular
2: yeah i, I was very 100%. upset the way the first season ended because i was not expecting that i wasn't watching the episode count <laughs> no. so the first season ended and i was like you have got to be kidding me
0: <laughs> yeah uh, no i i agree with uh with all that uh, josh i think it's uh... It's a great show, and I'm I'm excited that they're bringing it back. It's been quite a it's been kind of a gap since season one, right?
4: A huge gap. Yeah, uh, of... Netflix go at uh, for Netflix shows. Yeah, it's a huge gap. It's a uh, year and a half almost. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, when you look at what goes into that show, it's not too surprising.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, uh, another a uh, big sci-fi announcement was from uh amazon they announced that uh, or they they they'd revealed the trailer for the expanse season four uh which is yes. cool. yeah yeah you guys uh, excited for that
2: that's the only reason i would get amazon prime ever again Th-
0: this is i another- love the expanse you love the expanse i i've watched the first i think two or three seasons no i think i watched the first two seasons i haven't watched the third season um so yeah, you, you you really I really dug the first two seasons. So I it's it's one of those shows like I said it's on my queue to get caught back up with, but I haven't just gotten a chance to get around to it. Uh but Emily, you really you really like it? Do you read the books too or do you just do you just the show uh viewer? Or?
3: The the books would be a major time investment for me at this point. Doug has read them all. Oh, really? And he has nothing but great things to say. He said that they have really <laughs> nailed some things, and he's very excited for where we're going to go. And he has to keep stopping himself from telling me
0: things. Oh, nice! Do the I, I know Doug's not on this. Doug is uh, is Emily's husband. Uh, I... Do they... you want me to put him on? Uh, no, you don't have to. We'll we'll, we'll just. i I'm curious to know. Well, I mean. Ask him real quick if they they follow the arc of the books, or does does the show kind of do its own thing? Both. Is it both?
4: Yeah, okay. I've read I've read the first two books now. Well, I shouldn't say read. I've listened to on on my drives in between uh, yep. work here, um, and they do a good job with with staying. I think a better job than most movies or, or TV shows do in staying with the original content of the of the novel. But in a visual media, you're just going to you're going to have to do things differently. But they do a good job, I think, uh, blending characters, which you see a lot in in from books to TV shows or movies and things like that. And, and it's just again, I think the realism uh, that they bring to that show mm. of, of kind of adhering to science as opposed to, well, we're just going to magically make this work um, it, is great. Um, uh, you know, the, it really does, I think, paint a picture of. Once you get past the you know alien stuff, um, it really does paint a picture of what humanity perhaps expanding into the, the solar system and things like that would look like from a from a scientific, from a, a social so, a social uh, aspect, from just the the different factions that are vying for control of everything. It's just a really interesting look at a, a potential. Um, for for the future of, of humanity. That might be a little deep, but I, I just find it uh, fascinating.
0: Yeah, I, I think a, a lot of people uh, feel the same way, to be honest with you, and, and I think that's kind of one of the reasons why it's been so popular. And, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I Like I said, I need to get caught up on it, uh, but uh, I do have Amazon Prime and uh, it's and that is one of the reasons why I have Amazon Prime is because of shows like The Expanse. Uh, and uh, you can't. I, I watched The Boys the other night. Uh, I watched it over like three nights, um, and I gotta say, if you haven't watched The Boys on Amazon Prime, you need to watch it. Um, it's so good. It's so good, and the, I, what's there's only what ten episodes, thirteen? I can't remember. Um, but it, it definitely wasn't long enough as far as a, a season is concerned. But I, the Expanse is definitely the like I think that's one of the cornerstones of the Amazon Prime uh you know content that they that they have and I think the boys is right there right right along with it and so it's it, it, if you're a fan of uh, of The Expanse the books you definitely got to get Amazon Prime it's interesting to see that The Expanse this is a this is one of those shows that was kind of discarded by the Sci-Fi network right you betcha. Yeah, and now it's thriving on Amazon Prime.
2: Sci-Fi Network has that sort of um, trend in it, actually. They invest enough money to get something off the ground, then they decide they don't like it, and they toss it to the wind. And somebody picks it up and does great things with it. it tends to happen a lot with yeah. Not that they don't produce like 95% absolute garbage, but, <laughs> <laughs> you know, the 5% diamonds, they tend to just, for some reason, toss aside.
4: Yeah sharknado is a cinematic masterpiece i love oh, yes, i completely Josh, agree with you yes yes i
0: i do love the sharknado movies um of course i like b movies in general anyway like i'm a big mystery science theater 3000 and refract sky which i've talked about previously on on this podcast uh so you know those those sharknado movies those are marketed for like I'm that target demographic, so
2: <laughs> I, I don't care. you are marketing this movie to some guy named Doug. You're okay, pretty, pretty
0: much you're pretty much marketing to to this this right here. Their 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 demographic on the wall that they're like, hey, who's the ideal uh, consumer for this movie? It's just a big old picture of me. I mean, that's that's what it is on in their marketing team. They've got a picture of picture of me on the wall. I, I think that they're they're cheesy and they're wonderful and I and I love every second of them. Uh, the other uh, announcement was that uh, Runaways season three from Hulu is is coming back, uh, which really probably isn't too much of a su- su- surprise because Disney of course owns Marvel and they own Hulu, so of course they'll probably keep that going for a little while. Uh, it looks like oh. It, uh, it looks like it uh, will premiere on December thirteenth, which is the same date as the Expanse. And speaking of the Expanse, going back to that real quick, uh, they also announced that uh, there is a season five. So not only is there season four premiering, but they've already uh, they've already announced that they they are doing a season five for the Expanse. So
2: the, the the fan base of that show has been one of the most vocal fan bases that they have ever seen since things like Battlestar Galactica. Yeah when they first did the, when they first did the very like the mini series for Battlestar Galactica then they were they basically said hey so you know if we get enough interest we'll we'll continue with this we'd we would love to because we like it and the fans just buried the sci-fi network in demands basically <laughs> saying if you don't do this you know we'll key your car for the rest of eternity kind of thing
0: yeah the uh and that was kind of alluding to the, my comment that it was doing going really strong on Amazon Prime because I I saw that it was uh, picked up for a fifth season so uh, I just forgot to to mention it as I was as I was talking right there uh, the one other show that I'll probably mention is that uh, uh, what is it TBS uh, announced that they are doing they're picking up Snowpiercer. is it TBS or TNT I can't remember at this point. Uh, I know one uh, of them. One I, of them dropped it. One of them picked it up. Uh, let me yeah. Research it real quick. Uh, it was moved uh, to TBS from TNT, uh, from TNT now. Uh, so oh, and now it's back on TNT as of this fall. How the heck does that work?
2: <laughs> well, they're they're both owned by the same company.
0: Oh, are they? I didn't realize that. So it's doing some network hopping. So how much does that like affect an audience? Do you think? Like, do you think do you think, uh, I think
4: moving, they're all on basic cable what's that they're all on basic cable yeah, yeah i know but like, like it's not
2: going to take it away from anybody i think the only issue you might have is um it's going to be the public perception of the, of the network i mean yeah if, if a lot of people think tbs is producing watered down garbage and tnt is actually producing the higher quality stuff and you do and you do that switch you'll get people who'll be like oh man they're gonna ruin that show But I think that's really about it. It,
0: But I guess my concern is when you, of course, if in my house we set our DVR for shows that we want to keep track of, if that we don't have somehow we don't have access to it uh, online uh, through through streaming, we'll set our DVR. As soon as that jumps networks, though. You're gonna be losing that uh, that programming, like you're probably gonna miss. So that's what I'm thinking. Like, like if yeah. it ever if it jumps, sta- you know, stations, and especially like the slot of that it airs and the day that it airs, like I, I wonder how that affects.
2: Actually, you know what? On my PVR. Um... I, uh, like we, I just recently started PVRing the new Batwoman series that just started uh, yesterday and I missed the initial airing of it. So I just jumped in and I found it on one of the other networks and asked it to record, it's like smart record all episodes kind of thing. And I noticed that the channel that I selected for it to record off of, it didn't record off that one. It actually found an earlier airing of it and started recording that one on a different network. Really? so i wonder if maybe it's not specifically related to the title of the show no maybe. I mean, so you mean i mean if that would and that way they don't have to risk losing that sort of thing but yeah i don't know
0: I, I, i've never really dove you know really deep into the settings of my dvr either so um but yeah uh okay maybe, maybe it's not an issue maybe maybe people do just kind of i'm just kind of curious
2: things. like i um, the snow the whole snow idea is kind of cool like but it's very one-trick pony.
0: Yeah, and yeah, it, it
2: is. It's I'm kind so... of like what happened, I'm worried that what's going to, what, ha- what will happen to Snowpiercer is what happened to uh, um, Stargate Universe. You know, where it's like, hey, we've got a really cool cast of characters and they're all trapped on this one ship that's trying to get home and that's the overriding arc of every single story. Like, I'm worried that they're going to get to a certain point with it and say okay how many times can we show them all just tooling around on this train going from point a to point b i mean because the train never stops so it's not like they're trying to get to a destination (laughs) you know the the train basically is the world
0: gotcha gotcha yeah yeah it's i've was it was a movie there for uh was it yeah captain america yeah yeah that's right that's right uh, it's been a while since I've seen that movie. So
2: very weird movie, but cool. M-
0: so I was under the assumption that this Snowpiercer series was already out and it jumped networks, but that's not true. It hasn't. No, it's it hasn't released. Isn't it? And oh, oh, okay, that's my bad. Uh, I thought that it had already released and it was jumping networks back and forth between seasons, but it hasn't even been out, and they're just trying to figure out where to where to put it out on, on which station. Okay. So that that's probably not uh, not that big of a deal. I was thinking that you know if you've been watching it and following it for a season or two, and it jumps jumps from TBS to TNT, and then from, it, I, that that might that's be people, that's just but. me being you know not very bright, which is you know par for the course for this podcast. Anyway, that's gonna do it for uh, this week's uh, t- uh, pop culture corner. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about uh, the announcements of uh, New York Comic Con in the comic industry uh, as uh, as we uh, go into next week's when Barney's here. All right, that brings us to our featured content this week, and that is, of course, Carnage Con! Emily and Josh Let's thank you again for for giving us your your Monday night uh, as of this recording. It'll be a Thursday night uh, once this airs. Uh, thanks for coming on, and uh, you want to tell folks a little bit a little bit about who you are and uh, what you do for uh, the Carnage Convention that uh, takes place in Killington, Vermont.
4: Uh, sure, happy to. Uh, so yeah, I'm uh, Josh McGarry. I'm uh, this year uh, the president of Carnage, and. Um, also help with uh organizing the miniatures games and uh carnage is uh kind of the the largest uh general tabletop gaming convention in uh, uh vermont one of the larger ones in new england we get about a thousand attendees um so we're uh we're just looking forward to another uh, great year
0: yeah i'm excited for it
3: and i'm emily gray i somehow wound up being the vice president this year and I also run the registration desk and coordinate the volunteers or something like.
0: Nice. Nice. Uh, yeah. She the...
4: skipped a meeting and we voted her in.
0: <laughs> That's what happens when you don't, uh, go, don't go to every meeting. You you get uh, nominated and voted in for positions, huh? Uh, but... No, I miss the nose goes. <laughs> uh, I, although I will say, you know, as soon as you get to, uh, uh, Carnage and and you know it's such a nice face that greets you uh, at the registration booth. So I'm glad that uh, you are uh, front and center there, Emily. Uh, you, you're doing a great job. Uh, I know last year it was uh, you you had things all under control there at the front desk, and uh, it was uh, it was a lot of fun. I, I will tell folks that if you are looking for a, uh, a gaming convention uh, in you know the Northeast, uh, come on up to Carnage and. Uh, game with us in, in Killington, Vermont, you guys take over, uh, a, a big, uh, it's the big Killington Grand resort. It's, it's uh, huge.
4: Yeah, it's uh, I mean, Killington Grand's a, a beautiful spot, uh, up in the mountain, the green mountains of, uh, Vermont. Um, yeah, we, t- we take over just about all of their resort, um, and, and one of their, their, uh, biggest base lodges for the weekend and and everything from miniatures, card games, board games, RPGs, uh, live action role playing. Uh, We do a little bit of everything. um, And we just have a a lot of fun doing it and a a lot of fun during that weekend. And uh, this will actually be our last year in Killington. Uh, We'll be moving after this year.
0: Yeah, uh, where, I I know you've said uh, previously you're moving to Mount Snow next year?
4: Uh, Yeah, Mount Snow. down uh, just outside of Brattleboro, uh, puts us more centrally located in New England, uh, a little bit easier to get to if you're coming from uh, Southern uh, as well as as Northern Vermont, a little bit more of a travel for uh, some of our folks in uh, Northern New England, but uh, really centralizes us nicely in New England. And uh, they've just got um, some great facilities, including a new like $10.5 million base lodge that we'll be, uh, be able to uh, hold uh, events in, uh, gives us the room to expand more on-site accommodations. Uh, we're really looking forward to the move. It's always a uh, uh, kind of grit your teeth and, and hope for the best when you move, but I think uh, at the end of the day, it's really going to uh, allow Carnage to uh, you know, continue for another uh, who knows how long. We're at 22 years next year, so who knows how long.
0: Well, it's been awesome to uh, see you guys grow and, and become the the big event that you have. Um, now, this, is, this would be what Carnage is – Third move over the twenty-three years. You, where did you guys start out? You guys started out. You guys started at Lake Maury, or was there somewhere else?
4: No, actually, the first year was at the uh, Fireside Inn in Suites oh, that's in Lebanon, right. New Hampshire.
0: That's right. I did
4: know that. Yeah, yeah. and then uh, a Scutney Mountain, or no Lake Morey, then a Scutney Mountain. Emily might know that better than I. I uh, do. It was
3: a Scutney first, then Lake Maury.
4: Yeah, uh, Lake Maury, and then up to up to Killington.
0: So it's just awesome to see the uh, the progression of of uh, you know h- how you've grown over the years. Um, do you think, like, what what would you attribute to uh, the the growth of your convention? Um, is it because of the fact that that of course the board game industry is is a lot, and the tabletop industry has has blossomed into uh, this the popularity that it has. Um, are, there, are you guys doing anything outside of the norm to, to kind of bring, bring folks in? What, what would you say is uh, th- some of the contributing factors to, to, uh, to the fact that you've become this thousand attendee event?
4: Uh, you know, it, it's, it's hard to say for sure. Um, I, I think there's a, a lot of factors. One is we're really very much a, a family friendly convention. Um, we, we just have a lot of people come up with their kids and their 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 significant others, and we offer a lot of things that are are gaming adjacent, which I think has allowed us to be successful. We don't we don't hyper focus on gaming. Um, we want this to be an event that that everyone can come to and enjoy themselves. Um, and and you know, board games though are certainly a significant portion um, of the convention. Um, I, I think just overall, you know. Th- rpgs are huge up at the convention you know uh miniatures Uh, i think it's what really speaks to our success is that we didn't focus on one thing uh we focused on um gaming tabletop gaming in general uh if you can play it on a table we're, we're happy to have it there and uh and work with you to provide that content and that experience to the people that attend the convention
0: Ben, uh, how many uh, Carnage's have you been at? You've been at quite a few, right? Uh,
1: yeah, so I <laughs> I first started with Carnage as just a game master. Uh, I was, uh, my first year in Vermont, I uh, got in touch with them and was interested in, in running an L5R event, uh, Legend of the Five Rings, and they took me up on it, and uh, that's probably been about t- 10 years ago now, and I've, I've been at, pretty much every carnage since then. So yeah, nine or 10 years I've, I've been going, um, things have shifted a little more now that I've taken on managerial, uh, roles at quarter staff. I'm, I'm basically at our booth the whole weekend running and, and selling games, uh, there, but, uh, but no, it's, uh, it's always fun to go down there. Uh, the people that attend are super friendly. They're always up for for talking about the newest games or grabbing a quick demo with you. And uh, yeah, no, it's just a it, it's it's a great community. And if you are in the New England area, you should definitely check it out.
0: Yeah, you should de- definitely, definitely. Uh, the community is—you've uh, mentioned the community, and the folks that, that attend Carnage. Uh, I, I'm going to say that's that's one of the strong points of of this convention is that the community is is really really great. Um, and every year, you know, I, I see familiar faces, and then I it, then usually those familiar faces have, have brought someone new uh, to the convention as well. And you know, it's just it's great to. Go every year and see the same people, and you might only see them once a year at Carnage, but it's like you've seen them all year long, and you're just kind of you know you're just reconnecting and everything, and then you also meet new pe- new people as well, and it's just it's just a great community, and and uh, I can't can't say enough uh, good things about uh, about the folks that that uh, you know are there at Carnage, and of course of course, of course the folks that run Carnage as well um you know you, you you only attract those type of peoples if those type of people if you yourself are putting in and hosting that type of uh attitude so yeah you guys uh, you guys are doing a great job uh what uh, what kind of gaming adjacent and what kind of events do you guys have going on this year at uh, at carnage that uh, maybe folks might be interested in
3: so one of the things that we have is uh, we always have like a sip and paint kind of thing, you know?
0: Nice. Yep.
3: yep. I think last year we had, uh, I want to say square dancing or some sort of dancing. That was fun.
0: Interesting.
3: You've- Josh, what am I missing?
4: <laughs> uh, yeah, I, <laughs> there was square dancing last year. So a a lot of times, some of these events come out of, um, you know, someone's uh, significant other comes and goes, well, you know, I had fun up there, I I could run this and, and they approach us and say, hey, so-and-so is willing to do this. And we're like, sure. Um, But yeah, we have a lot of great kind of gaming adjacent events. Um, Like Emily mentioned the sip and paint. Um, uh, We've got a, a miniatures painting contest this year, learn how to paint miniatures classes. Uh, a a uh, geeky needle felting, so you can kind of make some fun uh, um, little plush characters, um, classes on how to GM, classes on uh, how to set up events, uh, uh, developing your own board game. Uh, we just have a lot of special events that are that are attractive to people that aren't necessarily gamers. And uh, that's always a lot of fun to see people that, um, you know, my, my wife is is very tolerant of the hobby and I, and I, I thank her for that. <laughs> um, but uh, she definitely is not somebody that's going to go and sit down for four hours and, and play a card game. Um, but she'll get into some of these other things and, and it becomes a, a weekend that she's really going to enjoy instead of just kind of being dragged along by me and you know, hanging out in the the pool for a few hours and, and kind of looking at me like, "Hey, can we go home now?" Um, <laughs> so you know, it's it's a lot of fun.
0: Nice, nice. Um, now for uh, gaming events, you said you have uh, uh, you have miniatures board, you have miniatures games, you have board games, uh, you have, of course card games, and then you have uh, RPGs, uh, which if anybody is uh, you know if you watch the uh, VCG YouTube show, uh, you know that uh, RPGs are a big part of, uh, of VCG. You actually have a whole building that is, uh, you know, set aside and earmarked for RPGs. Uh, it's called the Snowshed. It's just awesome. Like, I don't think I've ever seen more RPG players and games going on than in that one room during Carnage. Uh, it's just, it's awesome to see. And there are people that are playing, like, all weekend long. Like I don't think I've ever been in that building and at least two or three games are going, you know, at least that that many games are going on uh, during the weekend. Uh, Tyler in the chat says, wait, VCG says, RPGs, since when? Tyler! I tell you, see, if you would like to heckle us while we're recording this podcast, you can jump on the Discord chat and heckle us in person as well as we're uh, as we're recording live. Um, so, you guys, uh, for Carnage, do you have any, any special guests this this year? Do you have uh, anything that uh, is going to kind of bring uh, Carnage, maybe set it apart from, from any of the previous years?
4: Uh, we do actually have. Um, we've never been a big uh, uh, special guest kind of convention. Um, we just... We're we're all about gaming, so it's come game. Uh, but we're we're starting to to expand in that a little bit, and, and uh, there's a lot of things uh, in the works for for 2020 in conjunction with the move. Uh, but this year, we're we're really pleased to have uh, Dave Phipps. Uh, he's the uh, the creator and author of the Pulp Alley Miniatures uh, Game Rules. Uh, really fun uh, set of uh, rules for recreating your your favorite kind of pulp movies, like. Uh, um indiana jones and, and things of that ilk uh, mobsters you know it, it's just a, it, it kind of blends uh that that classic um miniatures skirmish game with um with kind of an rpg feel uh it's about developing your characters and developing your league uh, and things like that so he's going to be there the whole weekend uh, playing games hosting some games some special events uh so we're really happy to uh to have him involved with the convention this year it should be a lot of fun
0: nice nice uh, one thing I will let, uh, let folks know is that uh, we will be doing a, uh, a couple live shows uh, at uh, Carnage this year. Uh, we'll be doing a Whose RPG Is It Anyway?" show on Saturday night at nine o'clock, which is awesome. Uh, we're trying to uh, figure out t- t- how we're going to bring all the tech in that uh, we just uh, implemented at our show in Whitehall, New York, uh, which you should see on the uh, on the YouTube channel here. Hopefully later this week, if it's not already up by now, as of the as of this airing, uh, we've got some really cool tech that we've uh, implemented with that. Kind of just took took that show to the next level. Uh, I want to thank, uh, and while I'm talking about the the Whitehall show, I would like to say thank you to uh, uh, all the folks that attended the Whitehall event. Uh, it was so awesome. Uh, thank you to the Freakopolis Geekery for for hosting us. Uh, you have a, a great community there, and and there was. Uh, it was just packed and it was awesome to see uh folks turn out for that show. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, and uh, we're hoping to kind of uh recreate that at Carnage uh November 2nd, which side note is also my birthday. So,
2: what?
0: yeah,
1: yeah,
4: yeah, we uh, we didn't get you okay, <laughs> That's it's a great... not too late.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's okay. I don't ex- but uh you know Just if
4: throw
2: if you, a pop tart at him, he's good.
0: Yeah, that's right. Frosted raspberry. I, those I are can do f- that. I can. <laughs> not hard though, Josh. Not not hard. And not while I'm on not, not while <laughs> like I'm Ninja on the star. Stage. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Not not while I'm uh, while I'm hosting the show. Um yeah, but, I make no promises. <laughs> but uh yeah, it was uh we're really excited to uh, do that uh, Saturday night at nine. And then uh, we'll also be uh, uh, we'll also be recording a an episode of the Chaotic Good Cast on Sunday morning. Uh, um, the majority of the uh, casters will be there at uh, ten o'clock, and uh, the only one that won't be there is, of course, the Geek of the North, Jason Hunt.
2: Yes, I know. Rub it in. <laughs>
0: It's all right, Jason. We know it's like an 18-hour flight to get to uh, get to Vermont from where you're at. Uh, but uh, Barney's going to come in that morning, and Rob will be there th- that weekend. Uh, Rob Collegian uh, from a Pond's perspective. Uh, him and his wife are coming in for, for uh, Granite GraniteCon, which is awesome. Uh, I, I know they're very excited to to cover the uh, the event this this year. Um, and then of course ben higgins will be there so four out of five of us will be there so we're we figure why not uh, get us all together and actually record live for hopefully a studio audience we'll see uh we'll see we'll probably bring some guests on we'll bring in some uh designers you might even see emily and, and josh back on and and uh you can kind of give us the update as to how the weekend is going how about that guys
3: you can drag oh, yeah, me right.
0: away from the desk. That's true. That's true. Maybe, maybe we'll just have to put Josh behind it for a little while and bring Emily uh, over so that she can record uh, record with us.
4: Uh, yeah, and we I guess we should uh, probably plug that registration is open for Carnage. That's
0: right. Let's also talk about that for uh, before before uh, it gets too late here. Um, yeah, Ben says live pants parody song. That's that's what uh, that's what I've been uh, making sure to, to uh, blast out on social media because oh Ben isn't going to be around to do his pants parody song tonight, but that's all right.
2: I know I'm a little bit disappointed. That in is him.
0: that is a little disappointing, but that's okay. Uh, he'll make up for it for a live performance at Carnage uh, uh, CarnageCon. But yes, as you said, that uh, the registration for Carnage is open. Where where should folks go if they want to pre-register for Carnage?
4: All right. So what you need to do is you need to take a left at the end of whatever street you're on. And (laughs) uh, no, in all seriousness, uh, if you go to CarnageCon.com, there's links certainly on our our main web page. But we have a a Tabletop.events page, um, which is where you actually do the registration and and has the uh, complete schedule on there. Um, But yeah, registration will end uh, midnight on the 20th um, of this month. And so you can save yourself a little bit of money by uh, pre-registering. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, uh, we're right in the middle of it right now, and it, it definitely looks to be a record year.,
0: uh, if you don't mind me asking what uh, what are the rates for pre-registration
4: ah uh, sixty five dollars for the weekend thirty five dollars for a day uh, I, I... yeah i'm trying
0: to I'm trying to bring it up uh, try, trying to bring it up on on my screen, but I get these uh, it doesn't want to let me. Uh doesn't want to bring want me to bring it up um
4: but certainly yeah the pre registration for the weekend is $65 Um, that gets you the uh, into every event potentially that uh, the convention runs Um, it's definitely a little bit of savings from uh, at the door uh, price Um, and like I said that ends on uh, October the 20th uh, at midnight uh, is when the pre-registration ends and from there it it closes down for a little while and then uh, we will reopen uh, Friday morning of the convention and and uh, everybody will get turned over to uh, Emily and her uh, really great staff for uh, the registration rush
0: <laughs> <laughs> you keep that line going I mean that's I I know I mentioned this before but but Emily you keep that registration line flowing like it's a lot of times you go to a convention and you're just sitting there in line for uh, for for who knows how long but every single year I've been and I've Showing up for Fridays and, and Saturday mornings as well. Um, it's not all that long to get registered and set up with the with your registration desk. You do a, you do a phenomenal job. Um, well, yeah. thank you. I
3: cannot take all the credit for that. A lot of that um, is my volunteer committee. They uh, they do well. Yeah,
0: yeah, they they're, they're always pleasant and always. Uh, it's always nice to see them. Uh, at at uh, at the, at the reg- registration desk, um, yeah. Uh, and the way the uh, the tabletop events site is works is that if there's games that uh, folks want to play throughout the week and they definitely want to seat at a table, there are the games are all listed online, and they can go in and reserve a seat to a certain certain game. If I'm if that's correct, I I, I don't want to.
4: I don't want yeah, to misspeak miss but yeah if you pre-register excuse me uh if you pre-register you can go on and uh and see uh descriptions and types of events you can you can certainly uh, uh kind of narrow down to what type of game uh, things like that you can search for specific titles uh and then yeah you, you you buy a ticket which we don't charge um most events do not have any charge at all I would say you know, 99% of our games have zero charge. Uh, there's a couple of special events that have a, a cost associated with them um, just because they are kind of well above and beyond what we would normally offer. But yeah, it, it shows you what's available and what you can get into. You can certainly, if there's a game you really wanna get into what's full, you can go on the wait list and the system will automatically notify you if a seat becomes available. Uh, we we've been on uh, tabletop events now. I think this is our third year using it, and we've been just very happy with uh, how that works for for our attendees and, and registering for the convention.
0: Yeah, I've uh, I've been to uh, a few gaming conventions where, and, and this isn't a knock to them, but uh, a lot of places just put like paper on a wall and you sign up, and while that. Works fine for the event, and you know if it's a smaller convention, uh, a convention like Carnage's side size, you definitely want something that's a little more organized. And it seems to have worked really well. And and I know that uh, folks that uh, have been going, you know, even before the the tabletop events uh, implementation, and now afterwards, they, they've really uh, they really like this this new setup, um, and and it really gives folks a chance to play games that maybe that they've been wanting to play for a while and just haven't got the chance to, or maybe they just haven't been able to get people together. Now they can actually, you know, solidify the fact that they're going to, you know, be able to play a game that they, they definitely want. Not that, not that you have to sign up for every single game, that every single game is going to be on that schedule. Uh, Got, you know, there will be pickup games and people just playing games, you know, as, as well. So, uh, you know, even if you don't get a chance to uh, sign up for a game or the game that uh, you really wanted to play is, is all all booked up and there's a wait list and you don't think you'll get a chance, there probably will be other people playing that game throughout the convention as well. And you can just, like I said, the, convent, the, the community of, of Carnage is so great that if you have a game and you bring a game that you want to play that you haven't got a chance to, uh, more than likely you're going to find folks that, uh, even if you don't know them immediately... They'll probably just sit down and play it with you
4: anyway if you ask, which is just awesome. Oh, absolutely! And we have our our um, game library available oh, throughout the right. entire weekend, which has uh, over four hundred titles in it now, close to five hundred. Um, you know, and and that's available for people to come up, grab a copy of a game. There's usually somebody that's willing to teach you. Uh, we have dedicated tables that are set aside just for kind of open gaming. Um, so if you see a uh, different colored tablecloth in the room that seems to be different from everything else that's usually just a table that's reserved for open gaming so you can bring your own game grab a game from a library find some players and just have fun
0: very cool cool. now the one question i have for you and i just thought of this question just right now as we were as we were talking
4: yeah i get this question all the time i am as good looking as i sound
0: yeah i mean between ben and being mistaken for brad pitt and Josh, you getting mistaken? I could hear
4: me. my wife's groan from the other room.
0: <laughs> uh, I was gonna say you, you being mistaken for uh, Matt Damon. You know, it's it's pretty uh, you know it, it's it's tough with this bo- with this podcast. Uh, you know, I'm I'm glad that I'm able to come on here and kind of bring the uh, the, uh, the 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 looks part of it down to uh, a manageable level because, man, I don't know how how. Uh, it would survive being at that level all the time. Um, But no, on a serious note, my question for you is this. (laughs) I don't know, that was like so, (laughs) so much random uh, rambling right there. Uh, My question for you is this, and this is for both of you guys. Um, Since you're moving to Mount Snow and you're going to have more space, what? Are the areas of the convention that you would like to see either be added or improved to Carnage with the new move? I'll give you a second. You don't have to answer that right away. If you, if you don't have, that.
3: so one thing I would like to see mm-hmm. is I would like to see some sort of uh, like indie developer alley kind of thing. Yes. Uh, sort of a little yes. bit like what you had at Granite Comic Con. Yeah, I want to see a little bit more of that. Um, yeah definitely especially like the local you know local publishers and all that I'd like to see more of that personally
0: I, I love that answer emily i I couldn't agree with you more i I love that answer um now josh she 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 set the bar with the this answer now you gotta come i hope the pressure's on what's 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 your answer
4: so we're very lucky with the the move, and I'm, this is going to be a little bit of an a, a involved answer, but we're sure, very sure. lucky in that for the first time, uh, all of the different segments are going to be able to have dedicated space. So uh, board yes. games will have its own space. Miniatures will have its own space. RPGs, which already does, will will have uh, more space and its own dedicated space. So that we're really looking forward to that and, and allow the field marshals to really explore um some different options just because we're we're running into space constraints now that will allow us to but i, I think one of the things i'm looking forward to is just uh uh kind of being able to do some <sighs> cons within a con i guess uh you know we're working with with dave phipps and, and and we're hoping to have kind of a uh a pulp alley con within the convention kind of dedicated areas to to specific games that can kind of have their own miniature event within the overall Carnage uh, weekend.
0: Okay, yeah, I like that answer. Absolutely.
3: I would also like to point out.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Well, the Indie Alley thing is a—it's uh, a hope for one day. We're not definitive and all that yet, but something that is probably a little bit more definitive. Okay. We could probably open up Gaming Friday morning.
0: Okay, that's that got me excited as well because as it is right now, I, I know with the, with the setup with the Killington, you can't get in there right away on Friday, right? What what time does uh, gaming open? It's like in the afternoon. Is it noon or one or something like that?
3: Registration opens at noon. Gaming officially starts at
0: one. Ah, yeah, that that will be excited to actually make it a solid three day event. Um, not that not that it's not a three day event because I know some folks they show up on Thursday and start gaming on Thursday in their hotel rooms or on, in lobbies and and all over the you know the the resort so you know I think some folks have already adopted it to be like a four day and a, a legitimate three day convention but it'll be nice that it's officially you know three full days of of gaming at uh, at Carnage now.
4: Yeah, our plan uh, at this point, um, and, and obviously there's still a lot of planning to go for, for 2020 and um, things we'll be working on, but our our plan is that, um, you know, starting at, at 8 a.m. on Friday, it'll be open gaming till noon. Uh, we'll kind of, you know, scurry everybody out of the, the spaces uh, at noon, kind of make sure everything's set and ready to go and, and official events will start uh, at 1 p.m. But uh, yeah, um, we're... You know, the the response has been really great to the move. Uh, you know, we, we've we've checked in kind of consistently with the resort. And, and uh, believe it or not, we had people asking already if uh, to book rooms for twenty twenty one, which is uh, kind of a good feeling for us that that people are are confident enough in us and enjoy the convention enough that they're willing to book, you know, two years out at this point. Um, that's a that's a nice feeling for us. And, and we really do appreciate the 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 community that's built up around carnage and and how much people just enjoy coming to this convention and and spending time with friends that maybe this is the only time of year they see them
0: yeah yeah that that's one thing that uh i like like i said uh, uh earlier you know there's some folks that uh, i only see a carnage and i you know it's like you know it, everybody's so nice that it's like you haven't been a, you know you've seen them right along uh it, you'd be you you know you wouldn't uh guess that it's been a year since you've seen them the way the way you immediately you know interact with them um just because the community is just so nice and and uh i think folks really really uh appreciate everything that you guys do and and uh the event that you put that you put on and and uh, i'm so glad that we were able to have you on and, and to talk about uh, carnage and and uh uh, we'll have to have you back on. Like I said, we'll have to have, have you back on when we record live uh, Sunday morning uh, at Carnage, and that will be at no- on November third. So if anybody that uh, is at Carnage, feel free to uh, swing on by set Sunday morning. Uh, we might even we might even uh, live stream it a little bit if we can, uh, and throw it up on the uh, on the Facebook page as as we record.
3: In case Josh didn't make it clear, you can get a room at Mount Snow for twenty twenty today if you wanted
0: oh really okay awesome
4: yeah that, that that's a good point yeah uh, registration is already open for or excuse me reservations have already opened for for 2020 um and one of the nice things with mount snow is that everything on the on the mountain is booked right through their registration desk so the they have two hotels on site uh, as well as uh, nearly 50 condominiums that you can can rent and everything's uh, rented right through their front desk um you can call them directly just mention carnage uh convention and they'll get you scored away
0: and they'll uh they put the they'll, they'll charge you double is that what happens when they when they mention like I say I just mentioned Josh McGarry and they're like it's amazing how much the rates go up after that once once I say that
4: name i I have a reputation <laughs> no that's not true
0: no it's it's great uh, i know that uh, mount snow has been really great to to uh you know offer you guys uh, discounted rates on, on rooms and, and i know killington did as well uh for for this year and uh yeah i'm i'm so like i said i'm so happy that uh, we were able to have you guys on and and uh we were able to chat for a little while um please uh, if you're in the new england area uh Definitely take a look at uh, CarnageCon.com, and uh, you know, if you don't have anything going on November 1st to the 3rd in in a few weeks, come on up to Killington, Vermont, and uh, you know, take in the wonderful scenery. Uh, it's a beautiful, uh, beautiful mountain, and uh, get get some gaming on with us. We'd, we'd love to have you. So
4: yeah, thanks for having us. I appreciate oh, uh, taking the time.
0: Anytime. Yeah, thank anytime. you. So, anytime. I'm I'm uh, I'm always glad to have you you folks on, and and. Uh, you know you're uh, you're a big part of uh, the gaming community in Vermont, and uh, I really appreciate everything that uh, uh, you and and the, the wonderful folks at Carnage do for for the gaming community. So. All right, folks, that's gonna do it for this uh, episode of the Chaotic Good Cast. I want to thank uh, Josh and Emily for coming on, and I also want to thank Jason Hunt and Ben Higgins. This has been the Chaotic Good cast. It was chaotic, but it was so good. We will see you next week. Jason's putting pictures of Transformers in the chat. Oh my word. Jason, it's supposed to be. You you're supposed didn't to say you talk you're about tag
2: transformers line. even one time. I know I didn't talk I mean, about I, transformers. I still, this is like, I, the I second like week pants. In row. I, I would like transforming
0: pants. Oh, transforming pants would be awesome.